Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. But welcome, mothers. Thank you so much for all being here. This is so awesome to be able to get together and come together again and see one another again. I accidentally hugged a few people, and it was awesome because I've been missing out on that. And we, after we hugged, we were like, oh, whoops, we're not supposed to hug. But that's okay. We're covered by the blood of Jesus, right? In Jesus' name. <laughs> that's all I know. I'm covered by the blood in Jesus' name. But just, I just want to say welcome, welcome, welcome to all you beautiful, amazing, strong women of God. All the men, give the women a hand clap of praise. Celebrate your moms today. If you have a mom still, if your mom's alive, if you are able, if she's in another country, if she's in another state, another city, and you can't be with her, you know, Zoom her, FaceTime her, spend some kind of time with her. Because I'm telling you, we've got to cherish our mothers while we have them. And so just do something for your mom that's special today. And so I think what's been happening in the world today, if I could just say a few things first before I get into my message, is I really believe that at this time that God has us as a church and a time that we're supposed to sit still and wait on the Lord. He has a time right now for us where he is resetting some things in our lives. And I know this personally, that I have been doing a lot of soul searching. I have been doing more devotion time with God than I ever have because I actually have the time to do it. Now, if you're a nurse, if you're an essential worker, and maybe you don't ha haven't had the extra time that some of us have actually, I'm going to say, been blessed to have as bad as, bad as it is. Our focus, it's like we're being recalibrated. We're being refocused on what's important in life. And our families is what's important in life. Our husbands, our children, our families are so important in life. And so I believe that God has us at this time in this place where he's, he, he's pushing the reset button on life. And he's causing us to have the time to seek him again to seek him in ways we've never had time to do before. So don't waste this moment. Don't waste this moment because God wants to use, and I'm going to speak to the women, to the mothers. Mothers, God wants to use this moment to create something great inside of you, not only just for you, but for your legacy. Your legacy, that is your children. Your children are your legacy. And so I believe at this moment, too, God is calling the church. God is calling the church to repentance. A lot of people don't like to hear that word because it takes a very humbling uh, experience to come to repentance. But God is calling. I've never repented more in my life. I don't even know what I'm repenting about sometimes. But I feel the Spirit of God drawing me to that place of repentance because it's in that place of repentance God honors. And God is beginning to equip us women and the men, but I'm speaking to moms and women today. He's beginning to equip us because he wants to do something new in our lives, not only for us, like I said, but for our children and for us to leave a legacy for our children. How many of you agree with that? Amen. I feel it in the spirit. I know that God is operating behind the scenes in ways that we can't see right now. We don't understand. But like I said, take this moment, take this opportunity and seek God like you've never sought him before. If you don't seek him for yourself, seek him for your family, 
seek them for your children because we're just in a serious moment in time. In fact, when I was praying, when I was preparing for this message, I said, God, I want to make people laugh. I want it to be funny because I can be funny sometimes. Y'all don't see me be funny, but I can be silly. Lord, please give me a good, uplifting, funny message. Let me make the moms laugh. And you know what? He didn't. <laughs> he gave me a very serious message. And I believe he gave me a serious message because we're living in a serious time right now. Right now is not the time for us to be playing with God. Right now is not the time for us to be playing church, if you will. Right now is the time that he is actually calling the church to rise up and be the church. Amen. He's calling us out of our, to have, you know, it's been amazing to see what God's doing through all of this. Who would ever thought that we'd be out here having church in the open outdoors, right? How, who would have ever thought that we would be having church in our homes through the internet? Who would have ever thought? But there's something beautiful that's happening because God is causing us to be solely consecrated to him. He's call, I'm telling you, he's doing something deep inside the heart of his people and he's actually using this serious moment, yes, it's serious, to do it. Praise God. If you agree with that, give me a honk. So I'm not the only one feeling that, huh? So I'm going to go ahead and get into the message. And what God keeps speaking to my heart is about a lady in the Bible that we really don't hear a whole lot of preached about her, but she's one of my favorite. She's one of my favorite stories. And there is so much that we can learn about the life of this woman and the great influence that she had on her generation at that time over thousands and thousands of years ago. And the woman that I'm talking about is the woman named Deborah. And Deborah had a special anointing on her life. And they call it the Deborah anointing. And Deborah had a wartime anointing on her life. She knew how to worship God. And she was also a wise counselor. And we see in, in the, the years at this time, it was, it's from the book of Judges. There was a time period of three to 400 years. And the children of Israel had conquered the promised land. Joshua led them into that victory. And they got into their promised land, Canaan land. But what happened is that Joshua passed away. And that next generation stopped following after the heart of God. They became rebellious. And God said, I've got to send help. And so we see God send judges, prophets. In fact, in the three to 400 year period, there was 12 of them, judges, before we, there was ever kings of Israel, before there was ever a king of Israel, they had judges. And what's so unique about this in the book of Judges is that one of the judges was a lady by the name of Deborah. She was the fourth judge in the book of Judges that judged the people of Israel. She was called to give wise counsel. She was also called a prophetess. And so she operated in that gift and she operated in that anointing to try to lead the people of God back to the Father's heart. And so God, in her season of being a judge, we see that Deborah, so anointed, so appointed divinely by God, used in that leadership capability 
She was a national leader in that time. And so we see God use her in a mighty way. And so let me go ahead and read some scripture, and I'm going to tell you more about that story. But what's amazing about it is that she had a mother's heart, and I believe that God was using her. God was using a different kind of leadership role because mothers by nature have a nurturing heart about them. How many of your moms agree with that? It's something that we're born with to nurture, to care for the people that we love. And what's beautiful about this, it never says that she was an actual physical mother, but she was called the mother of Israel. And so she had a heart for the people of God. She had a heart, I'm going to say, for her children, the children of God. She had a heart for them. And so we're going to take some examples of her life. And I pray that there's an impartation to you that you can learn from her life as an example of how to lead your children, how to lead your home, and how to lead your families. See, because not only was she called the mother of Israel, but she was actually also a wife. She was a wife to a man that supported her, that knew her spiritual leadership. And I'm not saying she was overriding his, but he knew that the anointing of God was on her life and he trusted that part of her. And so I think that's a beautiful thing. And so I'm going to go ahead and try to read, if I can see, out of Judges 4. And it's going to start with this. It says, but the Israelites again did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so going back to that real quick, we saw a pattern and a cycle in the lives of the children of Israel. And we saw this cycle of rebellion, then retribution, and then repentance, and then restoration over and over and over again in the book of Judges. We see them going through this cycle over and over again. And so when they would come to that place of repentance, that's when God would raise up a judge, a prophetess in this case, and God would raise this person up to try to redirect them back to the heart of the Father. And so it says this, that so the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth, Hagwam. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. See, that was their place of repentance. For Jabin and 900, uh, then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. For Jabin had 900 chariots and had oppressed and tormented the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. Now Deborah, this is the part I want us to get. Now Deborah, a prophetess, that's the Bible. God is calling her a prophetess. The wife of Leopold, uh, Lapidoth was judging Israel at that time, so she was also a wife. Deborah, I mean, she used it to sit. I'm so sorry. New, uh, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Leopold, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit to hear and decide disputes under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came up to hear her for judgment. And so we see Deborah as this prophetess, as this woman of God that God had anointed and appointed and called to speak into the lives of the people of Israel. And it said for 20 years that she sat under a palm tree. It was actually a date palm that she sat under. But what's interesting about that is that she sat under this palm tree. It said that she lived in a place called Ephraim. And if you know anything about the Bible, the Hebrew words have a lot of meaning behind them. If you look up the word Ephraim, it means good fruit, producing fruit. 
she says, says that she sat under the palm tree, which was named after her because she did it for 20 years, of Deborah. And she counseled the people of God. But that place in Ephraim was a place between two places. One being Ramah and one being Bethel. And Ramah, if you look up the name Ramah, it means a high place, a lofty place, a place of idolatry, if you will. So here she is in this fruitful place right stuck in the middle of idolatry and then Bethel, which is considered the house of God. That Bethel is called the house of God. So we see this righteous woman judging people righteously with the love of God in her. And she's between idolatry and the house of God. And with a mother's heart, her goal was to win people back to the house of, to the father's heart and take them from that place of idolatry. Because what would happen when the people would leave God is they would start to conform to the ways of that kind of world. They would start taking on idolatry. They would start following after witchcraft. They would start following after other gods. And her purpose and her calling was to draw them away from those things and to call them back to the heart of the Father. And we see her ministering and counseling people. Can you imagine the things that she heard under the palm tree? Can you imagine the confessions that came forth because they were living in so much idolatry and sin at that time? And so what happened was for 20 years, as she counseled, as she had discernment, as she being a prophetess heard the voice of God, because when there's prophecy, when it's a, a, a true word from God, someone will give that prophecy or that word that is the will of God concerning their life. It's for direction. And so we see her operating and be used that way. So people began to build trust in her. They knew that she heard from God. 20 years, faithful. Not only that, but she was also called a servant leader. One of her greatest gifts, and Jesus Christ was our greatest example of that. He was a, called a servant leader. He served people with everything he had, but yet he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Well, we see that same example in Deborah. It is said that she served in the house of God. She served in the tabernacle. Before she became a judge, she served in the tabernacle, lighting the lamps. And so we see this life of servanthood inside of her, but yet a strong leader at the same time. What an example that we can follow after her and, and have that kind of example. There's a time and a place for everything. But I know that as a mom myself, there have been moments and uh, my gift is acts of service. And I love to serve. And I love to serve my family more than anything. But at the same time, as God has called moms also to lead, to lead our children, to lead them in the ways of the Lord. And so to have the gift of being a servant leader is a very powerful thing to be able to operate in. And so we see her doing this, and she gains the trust of the people for 20 years. She's there pouring into them, and she's giving them counsel to, with the direction of God. And I believe us mothers, maybe not all of us might have, not have that gift of prophecy to, to, to speak to everybody as Deborah had that special anointing from God. 
but I do believe that he does give you that for your children. And I'm going to tell you why. When my children were little, if you ever spend devotion time in prayer, with, in worship and prayer with your children, this happened to me. I was a baby in the Lord, but God taught me so much in that season in my life. He did so many things that built up my faith in him too. But one of the things was my special time I had in worship and prayer, just me and him and my children. And I remember when Haley was born and when she was little, and that's when I got saved. And I wanted so bad to leave a legacy of, for her to live for God. I wanted so bad to raise her the right way. You know, it's just a mother's heart to want to do that. And I was in prayer one day. And God, as I was praying, as I was worshiping God, God began to speak to my heart about her. God began to show me some gifts that she was going to have in her life that I would never have known had he not told me. And God showed me these things. I'm telling you, moms, the young moms especially, use this time to pray over your children. I'm telling you, lay hands on your babies. Anoint them. It, I'm telling you that anointing will carry over into their adulthood while you have them in your possession, if you will, while you have them when they're impressionable still, while they're sensitive to those things still because children are so sensitive to the presence of God. It's amazing. Use that time and speak words of faith over them. Speak words of prophetic words over them as the Spirit of the Lord leads you. And I remember praying over Haley one day and just touching her head. I learned it. My pastors taught me to anoint your babies. Pray over them. And, and so I did. And while I was praying over her, the Lord told me to take the anointing oil and pray over her hands and to speak what God was going to use her hands for. I didn't know it was for the piano. Then he told me to pray for her voice, and I anointed her voice. I'm telling you, she was probably only a year and a half or two years old. And I said, oh, this is crazy. I've never done anything like this. I wasn't raised this way. <laughs> but God, the Spirit of God was telling me. He was teaching me along the way. He was teaching me how to raise my children in the fear of God. And so I did that, and I was obedient. Then when I had Caleb, God showed me things about Caleb. Things I would never have known had I not sought him about it. And God showed me that the favor of God was going to be strong on him. And that, that God would just open doors for him very easily all throughout his life. And I didn't have that same word for Haley because Caleb's a different person. God will give you a different word for each one of your children because they're all so different. And so I began to confess that over him. I began to speak that over him. And I began to say, Lord, let everything that he touches turn to gold. I thank you, Lord, that he's going to grow up into a mighty man of God, a mighty man of valor. And God, that you are going to just open great doors for him in his life. And so I felt that. I knew that he was anointed for that. And then when Allison came along, same thing, but a different way. God will show you how to pray. God will impart wisdom. He will impart wisdom into a mother's heart when she seeks him for her children. And if you're here today and you're not a mom yet, listen closely, grab on to this, and remember because you're going to be able to do this for your own children one day. And I'm telling you, God is so faithful 
you will see those prayers answered. Amen. How many of you believe that? He's just that faithful. And so we see Deborah, this wise uh, woman of God, prophetic woman of God. And we see her counseling. We see her guiding the people of God. And, and, and like I said, she won the hearts of the people. And for 20 years, she did it under the palm tree. And they trusted her. And Deborah was what I'm going to call a velvet glove. She was gentle and graceful on the outside. But inside, she ha had a heart of steel towards the enemy. She knew that her people were caught up in, in the lifestyle of the Canaanites. And not only that, but they were at that time became oppressed by the Canaanite people. They became oppressed. Uh, they were under their control. They lost their freedom in God. And so they were oppressed by these people called the Canaanites. And so we see Deborah stand up and be strong and mighty. The Bible calls her a warrior. But she wasn't just a warrior. She was a worshiping warrior. She knew how to worship the Lord. And that was the key to the battle that she was going to have to face. And so we see Deborah rise up at the time that she got the trust of the people. And they understood that, hey, this woman is of God. And she, at this moment, there was a time where God began to deal with her. And he told her that he was going to deliver his people from the hands of the enemy. You see, she knew the time and the season. There are times and seasons. It says that Deborah was from the house of Issachar. And if you know anything about the Bible or the Old Testament, the house of Issachar was a part of people that knew the times and the seasons. They knew the times and the seasons of God. And so I believe in her prophetic ear, she knew it was that time. It was the time for the people of God to rise up and to destroy the enemy inside of their lives. Those that have oppressed them, those that have kept them down. And so we see further on in Judges where it says that she calls on Barak. And she calls on Barak, who is also the general of the army of the children of Israel. I can't see, so I'm just going to read it from my heart. And so we see her call on him, and she says, it's time. It's time to rise up. God is going to give us, uh, God is going to deliver us uh, from oppression from these people. And she tells him to get his 10,000 men together. And, uh, you know, Barak could have been struck with fear in his heart because he knew that Sisera, the general over the armies of the Canaanites, that he had 900 chariots. They were way outnumbered. By the natural eye, it didn't make sense. But she, he believed in the word of God from the mouth of the prophetess enough to believe that it was God telling them that it was time. And a lot of people say, well, Barak was just such a wimp because he was a man to listen to this woman. But God appointed her divinely for a reason, and he knew it in the spirit. And so he listened to her. He listened to her word, but he told her this. He says, but I'm not going to go fight unless you come with me. He knew that he needed her by his side because of the, the power and presence of God that was in her life. And she said, okay, Barak, I will go with you. And so we see that this woman 
this married woman, and I believe her husband was there by her side the whole time, honestly supporting everything that was happening because he just knew that God was with her. God was in it. And so we see her and Barak go into battle, and we see them get the victory. Actually, God got the victory. God got the victory over the enemy and the lives of the children of God. But the reason that he did is because there was a woman that stood up for righteousness, a woman that believed God with all her heart, a woman that was sensitive to the presence of God. And so we see them take the victory over the enemy in their lives. What I want to say is this, that Deborah had what's called a wartime anointing in her life. And there's times in our lives, there's battles in our lives, there's battles in our children's lives where us as mothers, we need to have that same kind of anointing. We don't just need to have the wisdom. We do need the wisdom. And God says, if you ask wisdom of me, I will give it. You need wisdom to counsel your children. You need wisdom to know what they're going through in life. Ask of God wisdom, and he says he will give it. Going back to that real quick, I'm going to tell a story real quick about my mom. I just thought about it. But our moms, we need their wisdom. We need their guidance. We need their counsel. There was a time in my life when I was about 40 years old going through the hardest time of my life. Call it the change of life or whatever, but I was having a hard time. And I'm telling you, I knew I could always depend on my mom. I knew she was one of my best friends. I knew I could turn to her and ask her for counsel, and she would give me wise counsel. You know why? Because she had a mother's heart. She had a mother's heart. A mother's heart has your best intention in mind. And so I went to my mom at this time in my life, and I shared some things with her, some struggles, some hard things. And, you know, I was hoping that she was going to agree with me, and I was hoping she was going to tell me, you're so right. That's right. You know, that's what we want to hear, right? No, no. She told me I was wrong. She rebuked me. She said, your perspective is wrong. And I, she gave me righteous judgment in that moment. She gave me wise counsel in that moment that I needed from my mother. And I'll never forget that. And I thanked her. I was mad a little bit at first, yeah. Because <laughs> we get that way. We want to be right. But I thanked her afterward and I said, thank you for being so truthful to me, mom. I see it now. How I see what it really is now. I believe that. And so we need that wisdom. But we also need that wartime anointing for battle. When there's moments when our children will go through things in life. And it's a battle. It's a struggle. It may be addiction. It may be, it could be whatever. It could be them going through a divorce. It could be us going through a divorce. We need that wartime anointing to push through to the, to the heavenlies because it will make a difference in our lives later. And Deborah had that special wartime anointing. God knew that she was going to be the leader to get the children of Israel out of bondage. A wartime anointing is what causes breakthrough in our lives. It can cause breakthrough for our children's lives as well. That means we've got to get to a place of prayer, of devotion. But God also has a place for moms especially 
that we get into a place of intercession is what I'm getting at. There's a place of intercession in the spirit realm, in our prayer lives that God will cause us to get to when we are fighting a battle in the spirit that we don't even know sometimes what we're saying, but the spirit of God inside of us, he will raise up a standard. He will speak for us and he will fight for us. You see, in the Old Testament, it was all a natural thing. We're looking at the war. It's a natural thing that's happening. But here and now in this generation, in the New Testament, living this uh, uh, dispensation of grace moment, if you want to call it that, this is the time where we're fighting a spiritual battle. No longer is it in the natural like they did in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a foreshadowing of the New Testament. So we can learn things from the Old Testament to fight wars in the spirit in the New Testament. Amen? That's why God says our bodies are called the temple of the Holy Ghost. No longer does he, does he just dwell in the temples and the tabernacles. He says our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so now he dwells inside of us. And so we can approach the Father at any moment of time. That's what's awesome about this whole house church thing is the fact that, yeah, we don't have a building to go into, but it's because we are the building. We are the church. Anywhere you go, you are the church. I think that's been awesome. Some people don't think it's been awesome. I think it's been awesome because I think people have a revelation of what true uh, church really is. Yeah, we're a community. Yeah, we come together. We support each other. We love each other. We encourage each other in our walk with God. But I'm telling you, when you get a revelation of who you are and whose you are, you will grow so much in God when you don't have a church building to go to because you're the tabernacle. You're the temple of God. So you seek him on your own. And so we see them win this victory. And not only that, but the victory. Deborah told him the victory is not going to be won by a man, but it's going to be won by a woman. Oh boy, that just hurt some people right there. This is Bible though. So the battle was not going to be won by a, a man. He wasn't going to get the glory because he was the general over the troops of Israel. Why wouldn't he get the glory for it? And he could have thought, wow, she's so uh, into herself to think that she's going to get the glory for this. But you know what? He didn't have that attitude. He trusted God. He says, whoever gets the glory, as long as we win the battle, that's all that matters. And ultimately, it wasn't even her that got the glory. There was a lady by the name of Jael. And the, the general, uh, Sisera, the general of the Canaanites, when they were defeated, he was still alive, and he fled to the tent of Jael. And this woman, when he went to sleep, she, she killed him. I know it's gruesome in the Old Testament. A lot of things happened that. But she killed him with a tent peg through the temple. And she got the glory for that victory in that battle. And it says this, that after that victory, that Barak and Deborah sang a song and worshiped the Lord. In all of chapter 5, and you can go back and read it later. It's chapter 4 and 5 I'm reading from, from Judges. And the whole book of chapter 5 is a worship song to the Lord. It's worship and praise to God for the victory that was won. 
And the reason being that they won was the fact of this, mothers, is that Deborah knew how to worship the Lord before the battle. And her worship for before the Lord, before the battle, is what ultimately gave them the victory. So we see in chapter 5, her worshiping the Lord after the victory too. But let me tell you this as moms. The key is to learn to worship the Lord before the battle ever begins. There are things you're going to face in life as a mother. There are things, and it's easy to want to run away from them. There are things you're going to face. There's things your children are going to face as a mother. And it'd be easy to run away from them. But God is calling us to be worshipers. Because before the battle ever comes, if you are a worshiper, you're equipped to, to fight the battle before it even starts. And so we see her, Deborah, this great and mighty worshiping warrior, win the battle for the, her children, the children of Israel. Remember, she's called the mother of Israel. And so we see her win this battle and sing this victory song to God. And I think that we can take something from that, moms. There's several things we can take from her life of influence that she had on the people of that generation. And the thing is, the people of that generation, it says that they did what was right in their own eyes. Everything they did was right in their own eyes. They couldn't see their ways until this mother of Israel came into the picture. And she counseled them, and she taught them, and she mentored them back to the ways of God. The Bible says that in the last days that we will experience the same thing, that the hearts of the children will be turned away from the Father and that they will do things that are right in their own eyes. And I'm just going to speak the truth today. I think we're in that generation right now where we are seeing those things happening right now. And uh, there's also an awesome revival among the young people too at the same time. So I'm not going to just dog this generation because I believe God has a very anointed special call on this generation like I've never seen or witnessed before in my life. There are some young people that God is raising up to be so mighty for him that I've never seen before. But at the same time, culture is teaching us a totally different way. So it's time for mothers to learn to counsel our children in the ways of God. It's time for us mothers to bring the children back to the Father's heart. It's time for us mothers to learn to devote our time, have that devotion time with God. It's time for us mothers to get on our knees again and pray and pray like we've never prayed before. I'm telling you, there is power in prayer. Prayer moves the heavenlies. God begins to do things that we can't do on our own, but we must seek him in prayer. As moms, we must pray for our children, for this generation. And so we see these three things. I'm going to say three things that we learn from the life of Deborah. The influence that she has on women even today. The special anointing called the Deborah anointing. And I'm specifically talking to mothers today so that we can know that we can have that same kind of anointing. We can have the same kind of counsel. We can have the same kind of wisdom from God. He says, just ask for it and he will give it.
so we can teach our children and lead them in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And we can learn to have a wartime spirit, to know how to pray in the spirit, to be called intercessors for our family, for our children, and not only for that, for this, but for this next generation. God's calling us to leave a legacy for our children. If we don't do it, they will learn a different way from other people. They will conform to the culture of this world and they will forget God. So we have this great and awesome responsibility to train them up, the word of God says, in the ways of the Lord so that when they are old, they will not depart. It's a promise to us. They, I love that because even if they do depart sometime in life, the promise of the word of God is that, hey, they're going to come back because you train them in the right way. One day they will return, and that's a promise to us moms. When we have children that have, have left uh, God and, and all his ways and don't even love the Lord anymore, I promise you, because of your prayers, because of your training, because of your mentoring, God is faithful. They will come back to God one day with a whole heart for God. And so we can learn from her the wisdom that he wants to grant to us as mothers, the wartime anointing, the spirit of intercession, and, and the spirit of worship is what we can learn from the life of Deborah. It is what impacted her generation. It is what it's what changed and, and set them on a totally different path was because of those three things. And if us as mothers can grab a hold of this, or future moms that I'm talking to now, if we can grab a hold of these three things, the wisdom of God, that's the counsel of God to pour into others, uh, the wartime anointing, the intercessory prayer, and worshiping God is everything because worship is a weapon. Worship is a weapon. And if we can learn from the life and the anointing of Deborah and to have that same kind of anointing, we can shift the generation. We can change the generation right now to be lovers of God, to be righteous or want to do the best that they can do. I'm being righteous is not being righteous in yourself. Jesus paid the price. He is the righteousness of God. It's not about being perfect. It's just about being present. Just being present. That's what he wants. He wants our hearts. And so if you agree with me right now, I feel like God, when I was praying for this, I feel like God was wanting to make an impartation on the mothers and the women here this morning, I know it's getting hot. We're almost done. We're about to close. So I just want to speak to the moms again real quick. If you're a mom here, and not only a mom, if you're a future mom, if you're going to be a mom, I want you to go ahead and stand up, if you will, right now. If you know that God is calling you one day, if you're not a mom yet, but you know God is calling you one day, if you're a mother here, if you can just stand up right where you're out, outside of your car, next to your car, in your chair, however, I just want to pray over you. And I just want you to receive this. Receive the word that was preached. It will change the path for your children one day. It will change their lives completely. They will be able to step into the will of God for their lives. 
They'll be able to step into their purpose that God called them to. They will start to walk in the destiny that God has for them. And so if you are a mom, let's pray that right now and receive this impartation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the anointing, Lord, of the women here today, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are imparting, Lord, an anointing to raise up godly children, to be moms, Lord, that know how to pray, moms of devotion, moms of consecration, moms and women of God that are powerful in you, moms that know how to intercede on behalf of their children, moms that have a heart after the Father. I thank you, Lord, that you are gifting them, Lord God, with the ability, Lord, to give wise counsel, to give righteous judgment, Lord Father. In the name of Jesus, you said anything that we ask, we shall receive. And so, Father, we receive from you right now. And we thank you, Lord, that we are called to be moms. What a blessed, blessed calling that is, Lord. That is the highest calling that there is, I believe, for a woman is that of a mother. It's the greatest ministry that any person can ever have is that of a mother. The being a mom is the greatest ministry, women, that you can ever have in your life. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for our moms, and I just pray blessings upon blessings upon blessings over them. In the mighty name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord. Let this be a blessed day. Let our moms be celebrated today as they deserve, Lord. Give them peace. Give them rest, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that today they're going to leave here encouraged, strengthened, edified. And, Lord, they're going to leave here with a fire in their belly. They're going to leave here stirring up the gift of God that's inside of them again. And I thank you, Lord, that you're beginning this work. I thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us in this moment that you've caused us to be still. You are teaching us as women of God how to seek you with a whole heart. You are teaching us things, Lord, that we have never heard before, Lord. But we receive everything that you have, Father. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Everyone say amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.